You are listening to High Shelf Gaming Podcast, a podcast where myself, David Gillespie, and my friend Rich talk about out-of-the-way games that we enjoy, the conventions we play them at, and anything our friends want to jump on and talk about. If that sounds like what you're looking for, please have a listen. We've added some social media places for you to join us in talking about games and RPGs. We're on Twitter, at High Shelf Gaming, and we have a Facebook group called High Shelf Gaming Podcast. Click to join, we'll get you added in. It's a closed group, but we're friendly to all game enthusiasts. Hey everyone, this is David again with High Shelf Gaming. As always, joined by the magnanimous. Rich Wisniewski. Rich is on a new mic tonight, dear listener. So I hope my audio experience is, uh, you know, has evolved. It, we're both on new mics. It's really kind of fun. Um, yeah. uh, the guys from The Table is Yours, they came on. Their audio is really good. And we were like, what's your secret? What do you do? And they said, oh, we have these mics. And so now we have the same mics and we, we feel much better. You know, I was wondering what to do with all that podcast money that was rolling in, and mm-hmm. buying the mic was one of the things, so that's great. Yeah, right next to your uh, Rolex and your Bentley, right? And my Ferrari and gold grill. <laughs> yeah, um, our uh, free, no-ad-supported podcast is really uh, raking in a lot of, time, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so today we are talking about Gen Con, specifically... Running an event at Gen Con, registering for you to be a a, a DM or a, or a game organizer at Gen Con, right? Yeah, really straightforward. They make it a, a pretty painless, um, you know, procedure. There's some things you got to do to kind of walk through, and uh, we'll talk about actually probably more the things that aren't oh on the the books per se, but some of the things I've learned over the years running events there. So real quick, though, why would somebody want to run an, an event at a con? I, I have always been a participant. I show up. I'm a consumer. I run from thing to thing. The, I, the thought of sitting down and running something like I it never even crossed my mind. So why why do you do it? Wow. OK. Uh, giving back. That, that's probably number one. And, you know, we've talked about me running events at Anime Fest or running events at Alcon or running events here or there. Um, giving back to the community is usually my my purpose. Now, you know, with Gen Con, when I go to put my event in, I can actually specify a dollar amount. So if I wanted, I could go there and run events and, you know, charge for people to play in my event. Now, they they charge at least $4 a ticket to where if I wanted, um, you know, 4 bucks myself from each player, mm-hmm. it would be $8 a ticket. And four would go to Gen Con, and four would go to me. Hence why some of the things we do, like Super Robo Rally, I think they were $42 last year, which is a a great number, by the Mm -hmm, way. mm -hmm. Um, And for them, of course, they need that cash. Uh, You know, they're developing, they're building these robotic Lego things. Um, And for some folks, it might be that, you know, they run an event every morning, and that that kind of maybe builds into the the monies they have for enjoying that event. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's so... That's interesting about Gen Con that they charge per event. Other conventions, it's kind of at will. You know, you you show up as a DM, you don't make any money. They don't charge any money. Just, oh, is that not true? You get, 
free badges. Oh, and sometimes you get free T-shirts. Oh. Um, so they'll supplement you getting a badge if you're hosting enough events. Or I guess if the number of part, and it all depends on their own formula, right? Sometimes sure. it's the number of participants with number of hours equals a certain threshold. You get a free badge. Some of them are, you're just there, um, you know, running an event. Well, we give you the con shirt, you know, give me gamer small, you know, double X. And um, you're able to, you know, um, add to the fact that you're giving to them and they give you a little something back to. You know, you're reminding me, I did actually run a ton of events then. I, I used to do a virtual reality thing at A-Fest oh, yeah. and A-Con and That's some of the right. other Dallas cons. And yeah, they'd hook us up with badges and all kinds of stuff to make it easier for us to get there and do our thing. So yeah, okay, okay. I have done this. I get it. <laughs> That's why yes. you would want to do that. You want to kind of give to the community a little bit and 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 provide uh, some entertainment for some folks. But Gen Con is unique in that you could get directly paid for yes. running a, a, an event. You sure can. Yep, yep. And in my case, I just want to keep AD&D alive. I think we talked about that in the other podcast. I Last year, I was the only one. The year before, I was the only one. And we'll see this year if I'm the only Advanced Dungeons & Dragons event at Gen Con. And, um, you know, that's kind of nice, too. I had a – one time, I had a crew of two dads and two sons. And, oh, that's cool. you know, the dads were, you know, my age. And so they had played it growing up, but their kids hadn't. So mm -hmm. for them, it was a lot of fun. Now, I'd usually specify 18 and over for my games because I will drop some F-bombs and um, things along those lines. Not that the game material is ever risque or adult, but yeah. the language could be adult. So I, I don't, you know, want an eight-year-old there. Right, because... Because you oh, might no, mom. He said, "Fuck you." Um, you know, Cause, or his cause GM frustration is real, and you don't hold yes. back. <laughs> you didn't die, damn it! Yeah. I can't believe you lived. You made that saving throw. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I just keep it real, man. Keep it real. So yeah, you know, to me, it's a, just about having fun and 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 giving back to the community, and that usually is always my motive. That's really cool. That's really cool. And and so. Uh, at Gen Con, if somebody wanted to play AD and D, or Second Edition, it's Second Edition, oh, Advanced Dungeons Dragon First Edition. Okay, somebody wants to play First Edition AD and D, you're the man. You're the only option right now that we know of, and you have been the only option for going on three years now. Yes. So, if you're listening, you're going to Gen Con, and you want to throw some old dice and play some terrible initiative and have bows that fire at the beginning of combat and at the end of combat, come join. So, <laughs> you know, that's a, I normally do Thursday, 8 a.m. So I like to kick the con off, get that out of the way, and then I can just do events the rest of the time. Yeah. I, you know, everything's for me after that. It's all about me. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. Uh, so today we're talking about how to go about running an event at Gen Con. Um, it's part of our Gen Con survival series. We've already done housing. This is how to set yourself up to run an event at Gen Con and maybe some of the prep you need to do before you actually run your game day of. Uh, and then we got some more episodes coming up, right? We're going to talk about uh, event registration for the folks like myself that just want to show up and play a ton of games. And we'll probably fit one more in about attendance itself. But this one's definitely part of the overall Gen Con survival series that we're doing. And um, getting ready to do an event is super easy. You know, you get logged in, you you know your email, so know your email address. Mm -hmm. And along that top bar, you're going to find one called host. 
And under there, you're going to find an EO, which I actually don't know what EO stands for, but EO GM dashboard. Oh, event organizer. That's what it is. Look at that. Um, So you're going to find this dashboard and you're going to be able to submit an event from there. You're going to submit a new event Mm. and then you're going to just fill it out, go through and read, you know, before you do that, you got to kind of have a title of what you're going to do. You got to know your game system that you're going to be playing. You got to have a little descriptive tag, like, you know, uh, come crush orcs in this event, bring your swords, make sure they're sharp. You know, uh, sometimes you can also set the, the tone. You know, I, as you can read mine, you can definitely see, come to have fun, you right. know, and there's uh, other folks that if you're playing a more serious game, you can kind of put that in there. Um, now, advanced stuff is they have tabs for, do you have to have done something to do this? They have, um, can people be beginner? Can people be experienced? Right. What do they need to bring? And then you even fill out a little after event registration tag. And, um, you know, that's usually when I tell people, Bring some dice if you got them. Bring a pencil. You know, otherwise just show up. I always have extra dice and stuff. So I try and make it very friendly for beginners. Um, But filling out the fields, I mean, two minutes. You know, uh, once you hit submit, uh, you know, you kind of give them a date and a time frame and you go into an approval queue. Um, They'll assign you a number. They'll approve your date. They'll approve your time. And you do need to watch your email. Because sometimes they can, you know, send you updates that you need to approve. And every time they do an update, or maybe if I've never had them ask me a question, and I've never had them need me to approve something, but um, watch your email because that's where you get your updates from. Right. And, it's not, it's uh, not spam. Know. It's uh, it's yeah. real important for you to make sure your event's actually going to happen at the time you thought it was, you know, in the area you think it's going to be, all that stuff. I, I will say as a, as a, as a consumer of these events, it's really nice to see in the description what to expect. You know, is this a dungeon crawl? Is this a um, sci-fi game? Is it, you know, what what's the feeling that I should expect when I get there? And then, yeah, are is, is it noob friendly? Or do I need to already have some experience? Do I need to know how to play? Um, I mean, certainly for your game, that's not the case. But if somebody wants to play a game where they're not expecting to teach people. They need to say that they need to say, Hey, you need to already know how to play this game before you register so that, you know, so that the folks kind of know what to expect and that they know they're the right fit for that, for that table. Exactly. Gosh, there's nothing like, and when you register or, and if you need people to have certain prerequisites, be sure to put it in. Cause you're going to, you know, you could think, Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to limit, but if you if you do have six people that show up and one of them has no clue what's going on and your game's complicated enough that you need to have a clue, you're you're really going to maybe have a bad event. And I know we're going to talk more about prep and running an event, um, but these keys at the beginning help you be successful in the end. Right. And, and that's one thing is like sometimes I don't want to go to a noob friendly game. Sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes I'm looking for the intermediate in advance and I don't want to sit at a table where somebody's learning because I want to get to higher levels of play. And so, like, don't think that you have to be noob friendly, uh, but be clear. Be clear about the audience you're looking for. And, and, and registrants will look at that and go, oh, okay, cool. I know what's expected of me. I feel comfortable with that. Or I'll find another game and, it's, you know, no sweat off of anybody's back. Right. Now, after you've submitted, and you're approved, and you're at Gen Con, just to kind of slip in maybe something that'll come up again later, there is a GM registration desk. 
and I have been guilty of missing this before. Um, You know, you're supposed to stop in and say, hey, I'm running a game over here, and they know that you're there. So if players are are trying to find you, they know where to go. Um, And and if you have a problem, you're supposed to check in with that desk also. Um, Last bit of housekeeping, I think, related to Gen Con, per se, is you collect tickets. So, you know, you right. get the tickets from the people and you do have to stop back in, um, maybe not the GM desk, but over at ticket um, returns. And they give you a little envelope. You slip your tickets in there and you turn them in. And then if you're getting paid, I don't know how that works, but I think it comes later. Like, I don't think they then just bust out a bankroll of 20s. <laughs> they go, what up? Here you go, my man. And they, you know, shell you out a hundred bucks for running a and d game. Um <laughs> And, you know, probably based on Gen Con, they probably slap it on your account. You know what I mean? For sure. but If anybody knows, please comment in one of our likable comment areas on Twitter, Facebook, and or Apple iTunes. And we'll be sure to throw that in one of our updates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is good. They've got a nice infrastructure over at Gen Con. There's a lot of help for DMs. There's a lot of guidance for players. You know, nobody should ever feel lost. Uh, so I will say that, you know, Gen Con has a really tight time schedule. And that you have to leave at at the right time so that folks or rather you have to wrap up your event by the right time so they can get on to their next event. And so if in the description you say we are starting right on time, that is helpful. That tells people they got to be in that seat at two o'clock or whatever your event time is. Oh, my God, dude. I look at that as event starts at eight. Event starts at eight. Yeah. And I'm like a college professor. We will sit there and I'll say hi to everybody and uh, make a little bit of chit chat. And then around 8.03, I go, okay, I'm not seeing some folks. And then 8.05 rolls around and we'll kind of get things started. I wonder what the policy is for letting other people jump in the game. You know how people show up as um, randoms. They won't have a ticket for your event, but they'll have extra tokens to turn in. So, you know, they have the $4 entry fee. Yes. And when a seat is open, they'll buy in. Um, myself, I bet you by 810, I'm doing that. I'm subbing people in. And um, yeah, because you, know, you, you got to stay on schedule. I got a I got a four hour event that I've prepared for and I've got it to stay on schedule. Right. So I can close out on time. Right. Yeah. I would say uh, waiting till 805 is really nice of you. I think yeah. that butts need to be in chairs by eight if your event is at eight and you know, if you've got those randos, they're standing by, they're there on time, you know, yeah. and they want in on your event and they've got the, uh, the generics. So you buy generics, you can, you can spend those to buy your your way into any game that has an open seat. And so, yeah, if you've got some guys standing in there with generics, I'd bring them in, man. If somebody's yeah. already five minutes late, dude, sorry. You know, like we got stuff to do. Um, and so be, be wise for your scheduling, uh, for mm-hmm. the folks uh, registering, but as a, as a, table runner as a gm or event runner yeah you got to get your stuff going any other questions about the registration process or should we talk a little bit about maybe months before you're even there Mm. i don't think i have any other questions about registration process sounds really easy so yeah let's get into prep yeah and that is months before you know i i will say that i've been to great events i've been to terrible events i've been to mediocre events and the one thing terrible events have is not being prepared and what can take a mediocre event too great is the preparedness of the DM, the game master, the event organizer, and myself. I'll, I'll locate after Gen Con what I want to do next year. 
So I'll, I'll spend a little time after Gen Con, maybe uh, trolling. Like this year, I found something through a Dragon magazine from the 80s. And, um, you know, I'll go through, I'll, I'll know the material. I'll make photocopies of the pages. I'll add in notes. Um, you know, you just need to know what you're doing because, wow, players mess everything up. I mean, really, they do. They they go. You want them to go left, they go right. They go oh, right, yeah. they go left. You know, it's oh, yeah. so you got to be prepared. And the only way to do that is to know your source material. And unlike a group campaign where you're going to someone's house and you know pizza's showing up or whatever, you have that four hour window, right? And that's all you have to make that experience great, right? And within that window, you got to pack it in. Whereas when you're at a home, oh guys, give me a second. You know, let me get ahead. Um, you really want to keep things moving fast paced, you know, attention span, not people don't know you. Right. So it's not like they want to, you know, um, you know, take a break along those lines, just let you um, kind of, you know, speed through what you're doing. So preparation, know your adventure, write out your character details for the bad guys, roll out your hit points, your armor class ahead of time. I usually have a little side notebook with my NPCs. Mm -hmm. kind of worked out ahead of time mm -hmm. to where when they go to those certain adventures, I'm marking off hit points. I'm not rolling them up or putting them in. Um, you know, I have my, my whole sheet ready to go. And, you know, that photocopying thing for dungeons, I think is great because I can add a lot of notes to it. Mm -hmm. um, even to the point of saying this would be a good break point. You know, now, hold uh, a second. When, can... you, when you say that photocopy thing for dungeons, walk through that real quick. Oh, just like any module or if I'm uh, using something out of a pre-printed book or if I'm using something out of a magazine, I just photocopy it. You know, take it up to Kinko's and make yourself an extra copy. Mm -hmm. And that way that becomes kind of your draft. Right. You, know, you can mark out things because some things aren't made for four hours, so you got to massage them into it. Yeah, and, and, you're, and you'll have a copy for you that has all the GM notes and then another copy that you might put on the table that has no notation on it at all so Great. the players can see it. Great question. And that usually is around photos. I try and bring some media to the events to where the, the pieces that are in the module about a drawing, or in some cases, I'll even find some pictures that someone's done and print out mm -hmm. just so I can add a little rich media to the event. You right. know, you see this doorway, blah, blah, blah. And it's in the module. Well, you got a picture, a photocopy, cut it to where they can't see the rest of everything. And share it around the table. Give people something to touch. Give them something to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they've taken the, the effort to put that in the module. You can see it's a fine wooden door with gold inlay. Show that. That's cool stuff. You know, that's that's really neat. Helps bring Especially people in. Especially when the tour has a trap behind it. Yeah. Like, oh, it looks so pretty. And they go through and then they die. Um, <laughs> the, and you know, on prep, I, you know, not only prepping the, months before you get there. The prettiest doors always have the worst traps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poisoned handles. Sorry, dude. Save versus poison. Right. Um, you know, uh, there's also the idea that I get to the room usually 20 minutes beforehand because, you know, I've prepped my materials. Well, I got my minis. I got a maps. I got a board. I got books. I got a screen. I try and get there 20 minutes before the event so I can set those items up yeah. to when people show up at eight, my stuff's done. I'm not running around pulling things out of books or anything like that. Um, and, you know, on a D&D &D side of it, player characters, you, right. you got to get those guys built, you know, unless you have a session where they're going to build the player before they go through the adventure, um, which I don't recommend. I see, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, no, if, if it's a if it's a four hour event, I pre-gen all the way. 
Because, dude, they want to play other games. They're not going to show up to make characters and then show up again to play the game. You got to have a pre-gen ready. And, I, you know, usually when you look at, like, D&D, I really put it on my players. You got to know your character, right? I don't care if it's a narrative game and they got to know the character's background and, and, and motivations or if it's a tactical game and they got to know all their powers. I always put it on the players to know their stuff. But I think if you're running a game at Gen Con for randos, you as the DM, you got to know everything. That's a really good question. I am not such a great DM that I run high level characters. I always run low level because that way, you know, there's only so many spells they can do. There's only so many points they can have. It really kind of keeps me um, to where I can keep track. And, you know, you touched on another thing is your party has to balance. You know, when, when you make your own for your home adventures, well, they kind of balance each other out, right. but you can have an event where everybody participates. And part of that is your pre-gens. Yeah. You know, even if you, um, I usually have, to, I like to have twice as many as the people at the table. So there's some options that can go on with mm. the character sheets. That's really nice of you. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, really? You would make just enough. No, I'll make twice as many. Now yeah. there might be some duplicates in the idea. There's two fighters, there's oh, two I this, see. there's two that. And boy, if they outfit themselves wrong, well, then that's their problem. Right. Yeah. If, if we like... got a cleric, three wizards and a thief, <laughs> let's go dungeon crawl. Yeah. 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 Or like all fighters and rogues and like, yeah. A paladin who says, I'm here with lay on hands. <laughs> and that's it. You may cut out pesky player character or pesky character types too. Right. Just like on alignment and all that kind of jazz, you know, all that usually does take a backseat for a four hour adventure. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, you, in these cases, you have so much power to say, look, these things are just not going to be fun. So I'm not going to even have them as options. Yeah. You know, um, I could see with like a with like a battle tech, somebody who's trying to run a battle tech game, they're only going to bring the mechs that they know are fun to play against each other. You know, they're not going to bring the asymmetric mechs that totally wallop on other people. They're going to make it a balanced, fun experience. And that's really what you got to do for these events and make sure that you're building it for fun, not for, um, I don't know, one person to feel like they got creamed and they, there was nothing they could have done about it. I always add a bard. Oh. I always like to see who has the balls to play the bard. <laughs> and that's always fun. So I do add a little submarine in there, um, you know, just to see what happens. But along with player characters, magic items. I'll mm -hmm. make multiples of magic items and they have to pick. And, you know, um, oh, what's the deck with the cards and you, oh, it makes a random, yeah, what, what deck is of it? many things, deck of many things, deck of many things. I almost always love to throw something like that in nice. to where it's kind of a little whammy one. Um, but then I also try and put in some good ones and I put in some duds too. And, and they outfit themselves then from those magic items. So everybody picks their players and mm -hmm. they all think that's what they got and they're reading their stuff. And then I go, okay, distribute the magic items. And the greedy hands fly out really fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They want to see all the note cards That's with right. the magic items so they can try and get the best one for themselves. So question for you. Do you do everything on note cards? I've kind of gotten to that place in my D&D where not only do my magic items get note cards, but even the encounter gets a note card. And uh, rooms get note cards for me now. Like I am 
I am all in on note cards. How how do you do that for for these games? For, for... I say note cards, but it, I use a notepad mm. and I'll rip things and stuff. Now I do use some note cards for sure for rigidity. That when when we're first setting up and I'm and everyone has their player characters and everyone has their magic items, I'll say, okay, guys, what is your player's name and what is your name? And I'll take a note card and bend it. And I'll write their player name because I let them change their names, of course, you know, and then I put their player name and then I set that note card in front of them facing me. And if you're going to run an event and people are sitting down, um, that really helps because you're able to look out and their badge could be under the table Mm. and you're like, "Um, dude with the green mohawk. (laughs) And you don't have to say that. You're able to go, Adam. You know what I mean? Or if, if the group is liking role-playing, you can talk to them in their name. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing. You got to play group thematics, but we'll talk about that. Um, so those note cards come in really handy. Everybody gets a little note card, and I put one out for me, and I say, call me the DM or or you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> because that's old school. We called them DMs. They weren't GMs or any of that right. kind of bullshit. Storyteller. Storyteller. That's, that's story. A- the narrative teller. <laughs> There's the Referee is, a, is yeah. another one. <laughs> F you, I'm here to kill you. you should be, if somebody says, <laughs> if somebody calls you anything other than DM, you just roll a dime. Um, yes, you take uh, three three humiliation damage. <laughs> that's a good one too. I need to try that. So, uh, you know, that's really a good that's a good overview of prep. You know, you got to know your story. You got to get a good story that fits the time frame. Yep. You got to know your story. Got to know your players. Got to have fun pieces to add in, like magic items, and um, you know, well, be able to prep for your characters. You're not going to know your players, right? No, so you got to kind of fill that in on the site. Yeah. Yeah, but you can bring note cards. Bring lots of note cards, lots of paper, lots of paper and pencils and things like that. Um, minis, maps if needed. Yeah. Um, you know, again, all depending on your game type, on what you need there. Um, but after, you know, a little bit of prep time and reading things, usually right before Gen Con, I'll, I'll read through it a couple more times um, just so everything's fresh in my mind. Yeah. And then, then you're at the table. And then... And, for introverts like me, sometimes it can be, you know, get a little heart racing there. You got random sitting down and, and you're there to entertain them for four hours. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's one of the interesting things I like about Gen Con in general is that it's, it's kind of an army of introverts getting together and, and facing, <laughs> facing the fact that they have to kind of spend some emotional energy in order to have these, have this fun. Um, and it's cool. I really like it. And that's when you know you're having a good time. When everybody starts, you know, I could go back to our clip phase game we played the other um, day at Gen Con. That's when we knew that game was starting to go. Everybody was, you know, inputting and having a good time. And and really, that's all you want. You know, you just want everybody to have a good time and have fun playing your game and um, spreading the good word about it. You know what I mean? About what it was they did later with their friends. And, and I've had a game or two maybe that yeah, were a little lackluster. Sure. Maybe my fault, maybe the people, maybe, maybe just a combination of everything. Um, so maybe it's sometimes it's a little hard when you're hung over to run a game. <laughs> that's why, that's why you do it. Admit to that. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, being at the table, that's a good thing. Have a big bottle of water. Oh yeah. Have snacks for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you believe it or not, you're, you're going to end up thirsty. And if you're a little hungry, you're going to want a little snack um, while you're at the table building breaks. I mean, have you played at any that don't build in breaks very well? Um, yeah, I've played at some games where the DM was a robot and the guy needed no breaks. Um, and I just had to get up. I was like, I gotta go. I'll be right back. 
Because <laughs> yeah. I am not the kind of guy who can sit for four hours without the need to get up and walk around or go to the restroom or whatever. Um, and so I, I just build in my own breaks. Um, but yeah, I think it's really nice to have those natural pauses where you say, okay, we have gotten through whatever challenge. There's more to go, but let's take five. Yeah. And DM tip, if you get mixed up, take a break, send everybody to the bathroom and use that five minutes yourself to get caught up. I usually try and build in two and four hours, you know, um, you know, one kind of right after the beginning gets started and then right near the end mm -hmm. to where as they're coming to the, you know, conclusion um, and maybe there's 45 minutes, maybe an hour left, um, give them a break before that. So you don't have someone accidentally ruin the finale or someone misses the end because all of a sudden they got to go pee. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And I would say uh, the other thing that, that you want to make sure of for table prep is make sure you have extra of things, extra dye, extra pencils, extra whatever, because players are going to show up and some of them aren't going to have anything. Right. Even if you yeah. tell them, Hey, you need to bring these things. Yeah, no. they they're might, show up. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to have something and you have to make that choice. Either this person leaves or you provide what they need to play. So even if you tell them bring supplies, you should probably have some extra supplies. Yeah. Extra players handbook, things like that for them to leave through. Again, again, I'm doing a really old game. So sometimes that's part of the fun, right? People want to see that original book. People want to flip through those things and go, Oh my God, look how bad the artwork was back then. <laughs> um, you know, uh, all the way around the, that aspect of the game itself. Now, you know, I, I make those extra player sheets too. Cause I will kill a motherfucker in my game <laughs> to where those extra sheets sometimes can come in handy. Yeah. Um, you know, I will teleport in a new character and, you know, they don't have to go back to the red roof Inn to get the new guy. He just, they turn a corner and it's like, Whoa, what are you doing in the dungeon? I don't know. What are you doing in the dungeon? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, um, you know, make them introduce themselves again. That's funny. That's funny. Your, your, your punishment for death is you have to awkwardly introduce yourself to the table again and then win their trust immediately so that you can move on. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that great? And everybody just accepts them. Hey, you look really dangerous, but guess what? You're my buddy. Hey, I got point. You take the back. That's right. And, That's uh, right. You know, That's play right. around those lines. That's right. So, yeah. And then at the table, it's kind of fun. You got to, you know, really read the crowd too. You know, it's kind of um, like anything where you have people in front of you. You see the yawns, you see the looking at your watches, you see the, you know, you know, you're losing them. Um, and going off script and adding in a, a battle or something scary usually is good. Mm -hmm. And scary means they almost die. Really? Right. That's, I mean, it's not like you can build up a, a horror movie kind of thing, but if they look like they're getting lonely or bored. Yeah. Tossing a pit try trap. And kill them. Yeah. yeah. Tossing a pit <laughs> trap. They're hanging on by their fingertips. Somebody's got to save them. Yeah. And yeah. luckily I've never had people just leave my game. So that, that has been a, a good thing. I've never seen that kind of go on in itself, but um, you know, that that's, that's all that could happen. I don't know. We'll see this year. Maybe I mean, this is I'm, a boring one. We'll find I'm gonna, out. I'm going to, I'm going to go to your game. I'll, I'll wear a, I'll wear a disguise glasses, nose and mustache. And then I'll be professor Finklebottom. And I'll just I'll just rage quit halfway through. It's like this game is stupid and you're stupid for running it. And then I'm just going to storm off and you're not going to know it was me. Yeah, you'll you'll love it. You know why I know it's you? Because I name all my characters after you guys. So, you'll look and be like, David, the bard. What the fuck, man? Why'd you make me a bard? Why am I the most useless first edition AD&D class? 
God, and I'm really uneventive like that. When I when I make all those player characters, it's like Larry. Oh yeah. David, yeah. Robert, Ryan. I mean, I just put in names of people I know. Yeah. And then you know, what's your what's your what's your character's name? Lothlorian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that that's why I name them random names so you can give them a good D and D name. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So you've got your your prep, all of that. What do you do day of? Again, just by, you know, getting there early, making sure I'm prepared for the event. Um, stop by that GM's table, especially at Gen Con. Make sure you're you're checking in with them. That was a, that's a no-no I seem to commit quite often. And, um, I, you know, I just forget. I, it's like out of all the things I got to remember. Yeah. Um, and, you know, making sure uh, everything's set up properly for them. When they get there, it, you know, blank canvas. I don't like to have all the player characters out, but that way the... Maybe I don't reward the first person for getting there to pick the the player of their choice. But I also know some people aren't the, you know, let me run and get first in line, you know, to buy a new iPhone. So I always try and wait till all the players get there. I give them the player cards to go through, give them the information to walk through. And I do a little introduction section. You know, maybe this year I was thinking about making, you know, kind of like that terrible work event where they're like, tell us your name, your favorite (laughs) color. And a hobby. Tell us something we don't know about you. That's right. Um, so I think I might do that this year to them. Name, color, and a hobby. Yeah. And uh, make everybody kind of do that little uh, round table to try and break the ice. Um, yeah. Get them talking. Like icebreakers are really good. Um, whenever I sit down at a table and they do a quick like, hey, let's all, you know, name where you're from. You know, that's a nice, that 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 makes everybody a person because, you know, oh, you're from some interesting place. Tell me about that real quick. And that's that's oh. always fun. <laughs> I always add a backstory to to my character sheets. Oh yeah, a little thing about them, and so I kind of make them then introduce their characters. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and they got to kind of go over the characters' goals and their background, yes. and kind of a little bit about who they are. And sometimes they change them on me. Oh really? So, so I'll, I'll make them just kind of comical. You know, I'm just farting around, and they'll and they like, uh, they'll change they like- them up. They're like goals that could never be achieved in that session. There's like, oh, I want to yeah. build a mansion someplace. I want to ride a dragon. <laughs> you, you know, I'm vlogging here. You know, we got to build in some YouTube personality. Yeah. We get, you know, they'll take things out of pop culture and put them in there. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I think my, there's a character always named Justin Time. Get it? Justin <laughs> Time. I, got, I stole that from Larry. So I always have a Justin <laughs> time character oh man um, you know so yeah make him introduce it introduce have a good time um and classroom management believe it or not in in many cases you're a little bit like a teacher Hmm. that and i wow i do not compare myself to teachers so if we have any teachers listening hats off kudos you deserve a hundred special awards and to be able to play in any convention you want for free for managing 30 students all day long um But my little seat of five people, oh, that's a really good point. How many people are in your game? Yes. Um, you know, I don't let the con thing of, you you know, if you do two games with six people, you get a free badge. I pick the number of people I can manage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. five is what I can manage. And if a six shows up, I can do it. So that's why I always put five in because if an extra shows up, I can manage six people right. playing a game. Right. But I can't do more than that. And right. I don't know how some groups do, but or I knew, I know how they do. They know what the hell they're doing mm-hmm. is how they, they know what they're doing and they're managing. Um, but I find it's hard to get 
more than four or five voices clearly when you start getting that that too big oh gosh it's almost like what's what's that game where people play everybody's turns we were talking um is it scythe scythe you're playing pandemic oh yeah it's like pandemic. remember how you can get one person playing everybody else's turn right right i don't want that and it's one thing to kind of remember is that generally when you're at a convention playing a game you're not in a separate room you're in an open room with a bunch of other games also getting played so if you're thinking okay i gotta track five different voices across the table it's probably easier than eight or nine voices intermixed with a big room full of other voices that you're going to have to try and filter out so there is a bit to kind of consider there that you're the the number of players you're interacting with you got to make sure you can handle that in a room full of people that are also having their other games going on like what can you really focus on and what can you really accomplish David, you reminded me, I bring halls also. Oh, yeah. Because you as a DM have to make noise. You've got to be loud for yes. everybody at that table to hear you. Yes. So I'll, I'll usually talk louder, and that means i got to have some halls to kind of for water, halls, that kind of jazz. Oh, yeah. Um, because you're right. you got to be loud. And if, if you're just a soft-speaking DM, no one can hear what the hell you're saying. Everyone asks you to repeat it. It's yeah. going to take twice as long to do anything. I, I have had some games where very good GMs just didn't have the pipes to 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 fill the table with with noise with their voice, and I was I was leaning in to hear them because I was like, oh, this is all really good stuff. And sometimes I would just kind of take it on myself to repeat what he said because somebody else at the table at the other end of the table might not hear it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he said this. And and like that GM, that one time I did it, appreciated it, you know, because they knew they were struggling. They had been GMing all day. Their voice was starting to break. You know, when you plan for the long haul, it can be tough to do a whole day of GMing because your voice eventually breaks. I don't know how they do it. Really? You know what I mean? Just trying to, again, maybe it's the introvert in me getting a headache, four hours of constant barrage of talking. Right. Um, I don't know how they would do that all day. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, that has to be a whip. And again, that's another reason I'm first thing in the morning. Um, so again, choose your time wisely. So we've kind of recapped here to know your material, or at least pretend, you know, your material, pretend, you know, what the fuck you're doing and talk loud. <laughs> yeah. And if people don't show up on time, just start. So you know, hey, it's, it's that easy, folks. Get out there and make it happen. Um, uh, so real quick, let's talk real briefly. Yeah. Player conflict. You mentioned classroom management as something that was important. Um, those kinds of skills, maybe not being a teacher, but having those skills. Can we talk a little bit about how do you manage player conflict or um you know, after you and I talk about women in gaming, some of those topics that may come up, some of those conflicts that may come up, like what was, what, what have you, maybe have you had any experiences that, that you could lean on to say, Hey, here's how I would lead a table. Here's how I would protect my players from other players. You bring up a really good point. And I talked about classroom management and I should have parlayed it a little bit more. That's a really good observation. Um, many different experiences over time. Now, we're not at my house. We're not in my living room. We're not at your house. We're not in your living room. Right. These aren't people I've known for 15 years. These aren't people I've known for six months. These aren't people I've known for two hours. Right. Randos. They're brand new to me. Rando. And yeah. When you're the game master or the event organizer, you are in charge for that little area. Now, you don't need to go all 
Billy Badass on people. <laughs> you're not, you're not, yeah. uh, what is it, walking tall with a big stick yeah, or something? You're yeah, you're not over there beating people. But, you know, there is a certain decorum and there's a certain way that people behave. And, you know, I've run into the I'm not going to pay attention guy. And you, you, I just flat out just ask people, you know what I mean? Hey, are, do you want it? Are you in the game? Are you right. in the game? Because everybody's doing this. Are you in the game? And they usually get back in. You know, maybe right. they're texting. God loves cell phones. Maybe they're texting, looking at porn. I don't know what they're doing, but they're not there. So right. I, I invite them back. They're and they're and probably swiping, much right? nicer than I sound right now. But I invite them back to the game. Right. And that's usually a good prod, right? Um, and with the women in gaming, that's really funny because I've had in my past, a, you know, running a game and – I made a joke about mansplaining in our women's and gaming podcast yeah. and all the women laughed when I made that little joke. And I, I was, it was my daughter, blah, blah, blah. We were talking about, and that's dad probably more than mansplaining. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, dad yeah. being yeah. dad. And I saw a guy who started counting the dice for her and giving her the answer so she could then have that number. He didn't do it for the guy on the other side of him. He uh -huh. didn't do it for the guy on the other side of him. Uh -huh. um, luckily, she was a gamer woman and was like, I can count my own dice. Yeah. And a little bit later, it happened again. And I, I just kind of threw out the, hey, everybody, remember, play your game. And I'm looking right at him. It isn't that kind of nonchalant. I'm looking at the other guy. Because you, you know how that is. Yeah, when oh, you yeah. try and correct someone by telling the group. And, you know, I just looked right at him and said, remember, everybody, play your own game. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's really important that you have that type of control. Um, but, you know, you never know. You can have some conflict, like, you know, people in getting in each other's spaces. I've seen that before where there's some touching and it's like, it's it's really bizarre, dude. It's like, why the fuck do you even touch that person? Right. You know right. what I mean? Well, you don't know each other. You two don't even know each other. And that person's like, hey, don't touch me. Yeah. And, you know, I've thought about and not been at this point of a situation of um, besides the general, hey, don't touch other people. You know right. what I mean? Again, I feel like a teacher, right? Don't right. don't touch other people. Keep your hands to yourself. Keep your hands in the car. Right. Um, you can call a game. You know what I mean? If things are getting heated, because again, you don't know these people from Adam, right? Right. So I've thought about if there's a conflict between me and a person, I'll call the game. And if that conflict's heated, right? If there's a conflict for two, two, two people, I will call the game and yeah. grab my toys and go home. Yeah. And say boom and go right to my GM table and tell them exactly what's going on. Um, because I, I think that's important that things don't get out of control either. Right. God, I wonder if there's ever been a con fight. Oh, I'm sure there has. I'm I've never seen one, but I'm sure there has. Um, but I will say you raised two really important points there. One, players can and will stand up for themselves, right? And to expect that. And two, as the boss of the table as the leader of the table as the event organizer you have to back that up you can't you can't i'm an introvert you're an introvert we're all introverts here you can't turtle up and be like i'm just let these two figure it out like mom and dad fighting like no no no, no. you're the one running the event you got to assert like you like the examples you mentioned you got to come in and say no i'm calling out some behavior that needs to be corrected because we yeah. have three more hours to go and we're all going to play nice. Yeah. And, and as the person running the event, you have to have that ability in you. You can't, 
you that is the time to uh uh what is it you know uh bad behavior grows where there's inaction on leaders parts right you have to be the leader acting against that bad behavior now you don't have to overdo it you don't have to yell and scream and throw people out but you do need to address it and make sure that everybody at the table understands that leader in charge fearless leader does not accept that behavior and i will tell you after you know that you know everybody's played their own game it was quiet for you know good five minutes i'd say everybody was a little bit like whoa yeah well what they just got, happened they, they watched you know? somebody they watched somebody get uh get disciplined yeah and then five minutes later it was all gone yeah. everybody was back laughing everybody's having a good time those two were having a good time and again that's a little bit about reading your audience you know yeah. what i mean seeing what's going on yeah oh my gosh and we should have thrown this in at the beginning maybe um make a little bumper that march 10th is the last day for gen con registration yeah coming up march 10th yeah. guys. it's coming coming up quick so that would be um, because, man, that would be great if we got more people to run more events because, man, they're always so full. And, you know, if you are an eclectic gamer and you got something like Doctor Who role playing game, Firefly role playing game, if you got something that's that's eclectic, has a good fan base that you yeah. know well, yeah. get it in there. Yeah. You will get people to come join that. Like when I ran Doctor Who recently. Oh my God, half the people were such Whovians that they they saw things coming yeah. because they knew yeah. the bad guys. They know the scenarios. <laughs> they they came to enjoy and be in that universe. Yeah. And I bet you if we look up Firefly role-playing game, they'll be under half a dozen. Right. And they're right. going to sell out the first day. Right. And I never get in them. I always try, but there's other things up on my list. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's like a Eclipse phase. You and I, it's 50-50 if we're going to get into an Eclipse phase game because they're almost oh. always sold out by the time we get a chance to get there. So yeah, if there's a game out there that you love and you can run it, get in there, run that game because yeah. there's just not enough of them going around. If you have questions about this, of course, let us know. We're on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we're in Reddit and all those things. So if you have uh, more questions about running an event at Gen Con or any other convention, let us know because uh, Rich has certainly done it, and I discovered today that I have done it. <laughs> I didn't even realize uh, that I was doing it. And our Facebook group has uh, quite a few experienced DMs in it, yep. and our Facebook group has quite a few experienced people, um, you know, around that side of it. To where, if you, I, I already saw someone ask a general question about L five R, and they they got support there. Yeah. So if you just have a question, come on into the Facebook group. It's closed, but we're a really friendly group, and we let anybody in. Uh, we're just keeping out Logan Paul and the spam bots, <laughs> and um, you know, post a question, and uh, you, you'll get some answers. And then of course, I'll come chime in and. You you know, be my dungeon bastard self. That's right. And that's a, uh, the Facebook group is high shelf gaming podcast on Facebook. So mm, kind of helps if I say that, huh? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have today, right? Rich, do you have anything else? Look for me by the, uh, coin op machines in between true dungeon and the Gen Con event. I'll be sleeping there again this year. Right. Did not get a downtown hotel room yet, but, um, yeah. I got my fingers crossed. Our arcade alley, man. That's where you find uh rich yeah. and the gang. <laughs> Awesome. Well, as always, thanks for listening here at High Shelf Gaming Podcast. I'm David. Have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits unless you're in my game and then don't fucking do that. <laughs> all right.
Thanks for listening. If you have feedback for us, please find us on Twitter, again, at High Shelf Gaming, or on our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. Of course, we're on iTunes and Stitcher as well, so feel free to leave us some feedback or a review there. 